When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everything you do for us. Joe's at it again. Plus, if you can, please like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture. And my gosh, there's a lot going on in pop culture this week, and we'll cover it for you on the PCC Multiverse that drops on Friday. Plus, also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, where we cover the latest news and trends in video games. Our good friends at LakersBall.com, please be part of the many great conversations they have each and every week right there at LakersBall.com. Plus, our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. There you go. Posing right there for you, Big Joe. Also as well, Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom's got a ton of great things there waiting for you at Lakerholics.com. Plus a big shout out at our friend, our friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet. He has some five things there for you as well. But remember, as always, since Joe threw me off earlier, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And plus also as well, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support all of that, which I mentioned, plus our good friends at Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Big shout out to you at YouTube. Please go ahead and like and subscribe. If you can, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the news never stops for Los Angeles Lakers fans out there because each and every week something little is always added. I mean, if you follow Orlando or if you follow indiana or if you follow a team like charlotte or something like that you can take a couple weeks off and you don't think you can really you know need to miss a beat or anything like that there's no, no really need to go ahead and keep up to date each and every day because those teams they just go through the motions they're on summer vacation they're planning for the draft they're planning for free agency that's pretty much it but the lakers there's always some sort of news going on because they're still trying to find a head coach They had another interview this week, reportedly, so we'll go ahead and talk about that. But the big news this week was comments made by Jeannie Buss in the L.A. Times to longtime L.A. sports writer Bill Plaschke. I think anybody out there who knows L.A. sports knows Bill Plaschke. He's just done a sensational job over the years, very opinionated. He's been on a lot of ESPN shows, but he did get a chance to sit down and speak to, well, Joe doesn't like him, but... He did get to speak to Jeannie Buss this week, and she had a lot of things to say. 
And here today to talk about that, also as well, Kenny Atkinson getting interviewed for the head coaching gig. And as well, will LeBron James pick up the extension? As of now, it's looking like possibly that will be the case, but is it a sure thing? We'll talk about that as well. Plus, the NBA playoffs is still going on. Big victory for Milwaukee and a big choke for Boston. We always love to see that. But here today to talk about what's mainly what's going on with Jeannie Buss and her comments in the LA Times. Two great guests indeed. He's back again. First up, first man here, the man behind Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out his articles and all the things he shares on Twitter today at Laker Tom on Twitter. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. You read some of the things that Jeannie Buss said, and I'll just break down a couple of things that, yes, she does have Phil Jackson and Magic Johnson involved in what's going on as far as having their ear. Yes, she does appreciate the Rambuses and everything that they do, especially Kurt on whatever he supposedly does for the organization. Yes, she is very upset that the Lakers, with all the money that was spent and the fact that we're over on the cap, that we didn't get any results out of it. And she's growing impatient for whatever that means. And yes, she says that the team is going to be run without the interference of clutch according to her so i want to hear your thoughts on that she basically said that everything that people already were speculating on and had a good feeling about i don't know if it really provided any revelations for us but it surely had us talking didn't it well i think it's really important that genie's normal modus operandi has been to stay in the background I've heard people say that that it, she sort of emulated her father in that respect. That while Jerry stayed in the background, he sure he certainly had a whole bunch of other distracting things happening around him that he was always in the news. And and Jeannie, you know, has has pretty much stayed in the background. But I think that this is a period of time in the franchise with what's happened that it's appropriate for the owner or the governor of the team to step forward and and make address all of the various rumors that are going around. And I thought she did an excellent job of doing that. I've been as critical as anybody about Jeannie's responsibility for the problems that the Lakers have had at times. And and I've always felt that we've left championships on the table simply because we were not run as efficiently as we could have been. That very often we made decisions for the wrong reasons. But we have so many advantages and and... We have been able to get the superstars, and that's been the thing that's changed the whole thing. So, you know, and Jeannie's won a championship. So when you you look at all of these things down here, you, I, I think there's a couple of things that, that need to be said that weren't explicitly focused on that conversation. The first is that She's not happy with where the Lakers are. You don't spend that much money on salaries and, and, and luxury taxes and not even make the playoffs. That's an embarrassment. And so I think that even though she didn't say anything specifically, I think it's very obvious that this is Rob Polinka's last year unless things really work out well. So I think that's the first thing. The team is going to be held accountable. Second thing, I don't disagree with her. I think that – and and – Cray, I've been as guilty as anybody else of jumping on the, the Rambi and and uh, and the, the seemingly countless numbers of, as long as you're part of the Laker family, you have my phone, you're in my Rolodex, I'm going to ask your opinions. But you know, I mean, if I were if I were the owner of the Lakers, 
I want to know what Magic Johnson thinks to do. I'd want to know what Kurt Ramos thinks to do. I'd want to know what Phil Jackson thinks we should do. But I sure would hold Rob Polinka responsible for making all of the right decisions. And last year, he didn't make the right decisions. They chose the wrong players, and they, and this is the most glaring error of all, they they totally underestimated the odds that this thing would fall apart and be a total disaster. As a financial executive, that's the one thing that you cannot do. You cannot risk everything else by gambling too much, especially when you're in a position of strength, and the Lakers were at that point in time. So I gave Jeannie A for coming out and saying what she's going to say. What do you expect her? She's not going to come out and say that Rambus has worked for us for 40 years, and I don't think he's worth crap. I'm not going to go out and ditch her best friend or say that she's not. Those are two people that have a lot to do with this franchise. And uh, I like the fact that Jeannie holds those things important. That has some advantages, obviously. I wish the franchise was run in a more professional manner with, with professional people. And, and I wish we'd have a wide net and get the best people in the world rather than just the best people who happen to be have a link in the Lakers network. But uh, it is what it is. She is what she is. And uh, you got to remember one thing. This is a girl who fired her brother and took the club from him. So she's not going to let the thing fall apart and she will keep people accountable, but she will take, she will give them a more time than probably fans would. But if you were in her situation, I'm not sure that we wouldn't be doing the same. I can tell you, I would definitely not be doing the same. And you said it's not falling apart. Define to me what is not falling apart when the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs this year and have no really very few vet draft choices, very few assets. So what do you, what do you, what do you want me to, what do you want her to do that she's not doing? Fire Rob Palenka? Clean house. Clean the whole house. Fire Rob Palenka? Well, we fired the coach. Sell the team, which she's not going to do, which she stated she's not going to do. She should sell the team. Come on. If you can't get it done, sell the team. Gerald, if you've ever had a business, Joel understand, if you ever had a business that was your business, this was your family business. I understand that. For a fan to say, sell the team when you are the most successful NBA franchise out there is really kind of, I, I don't even know how I take that. Well, well the, she's the owner not, of the First team. of all, they're not the NBA's most successful team. In the past 10 years, have they been the most successful team? They have 17 NBA championships. You're going to make me you're going to make me repeat myself again. Franchise dollar wise, second only to the New York Knicks. You're, you're really going to make me repeat that. myself. If there's any good time to sell, it should be now. No. But also here today amongst another guest be realistic. I see coming up. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm telling you I have a different way of viewing things. I see more again as the a best solution is for her to give the club to me. I'd love to have the billion dollars that it's worth, you know, the billions that it's worth. And then I would run the club the way that I would run the club. Oh my which gosh, would be totally cool. different than the way she ran the club. But that's well, not you also like either. the Russell Westbrook trade. <laughs> so I don't know about that. But also here today to talk about this. Actually, we've also got another guest as well. He's back for after a long hiatus, but here as well, good man indeed. You got to go ahead and catch him at Lakersball.com. It is Ox1947. It's Joe Soro. Joe, you you read what Jeannie said. She's not going to sell the team. She's, she she basically has everything out there is what she said in regards to you know the Rambi, 
Bill Jackson, Clutch, you know, Magic Johnson, Rob Plinka, you know, Laker time and I are already disagreeing on, on how she should go about things, but your thoughts on the comments made by Jeannie Buss this week. My thoughts is I don't pay attention to Bill Platsky or Jay Donde or any of those clowns. Uh, Jeannie is Jeannie was complaining about having the fourth highest payroll and not even making the playoffs. The that's kind of a wasted time comment at that point. Uh, the, the, no one, no one's going to feel sorry for you because you have the fourth highest payroll. You're a, a franchise that would likely sell for at the very least five billion dollars. Her father bought this uh, business. What was it? Uh, Forty-three years ago, for sixty-seven million. Again, don't talk about money. Do that behind the scenes, not in public. Right now, she would. I, I love Tom's question because I think it's a relevant question to someone who actually does own a business. It's not the Lakers. I don't have fans standing outside when I'm doing a transaction and rioting. I get that. But there's a structure that needs to happen, right? The structure is all over the place. We're, we're, you're getting advice from Kurt Rambis. You're getting advice from, allegedly, Kurt Rambis. You're getting advice from Phil Jackson. You're getting ra- advice from the mailman. You're getting advice from uh, Kurt's uh, second cousin. You're getting all these advices. What 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 does that do when you have a bunch of stuff and not, what do they say? Jack of all trades, masters of none. Someone needs there needs to be a clear chain of command here, and there is it. Now there is one thing on this planet that can be a complete blank show and still come out smell like roses, and that's sports. We've we've seen it in the past with the heck the Showtime Lakers at the beginning, all these coaching issues, and Westhead getting fired, and then Riley uh, takes over and. He wins a title in 82. And then before then, Jack McKinney and him getting hurt and blah, blah, blah. So in sports, you can actually run a terrible organization and still win. The Chicago Bulls kind of proved that towards the last three-peat, right? Jerry Reinsdorf was, you know, I don't know if he was ordering Jerry Krause to start looking to rebuild, but that's kind of what was going on. And they were looking at every player on the planet that wasn't on their team to bring in so they can start this rebuild when you've got a championship team right there. So they still won. Shaq and Kobe, they're going back and forth. Phil Jackson wanted to trade Kobe for Jason Kidd. They still won. And so on and so on. Do you, do you see where I'm getting at here, guys? So we can sit here and complain about the organization and how they run things, but this is sports. And sports can still be successful even though it's run like a like a crazy person. Again, I, I have another word for it, but I am, I'm trying to keep this PG. So I, I don't know why she said what she said today or, or this week. It was it was absolutely useless. No one gives a crap. That's for us to say. That's for the fans, the analysts, whatever, to say we have the fourth largest salary in the league, and it was bad because I know there's been some comments about we're cheap, 
we haven't spent money. I'm like, wait a minute, we're, we're fourth in payroll. What do you mean we didn't spend money? Oh, we didn't sign Dave uh, Caruso. Okay, would Caruso have made a difference if we had traded for Westbrook and kept Caruso? I don't think so. Maybe he wins us two or three more games. It wouldn't have mattered. So where do we go from here? At this point, the easiest thing to say is, can we maybe get some organization at this point if we are run like like a farm, like a like a going out of business farm? Uh, because the result this time was we didn't we we stunk. It was, in my opinion, the worst Lakers season I've ever seen. What's next? Okay, uh, is James Worthy gonna leave Sportsnet and? join Jeannie because he was a former Laker. How many times are we going to hear this? Just because you're a former Laker doesn't mean you're a good executive. Nepotism runs deep in this organization, though. I get it. But are they capable of doing the job? They're just holding places until one of the bus kids is old enough to take over. And that's the problem. (laughs) Joey and Jesse are, are in the wings. So what are they going to do? Weren't they doing well in scouting? They're doing well, the scouting. One's assistant general manager. I think that's Jesse. And Joey is the head scout, if I'm not mistaken. So you got the bus boys, you know, pulling their weight, doing good scouting and getting good players, which we have in the second round, free agency. You also had Ryan West, who was doing a good job. And you got rid of him for I don't know what reason. What are you so doing? He got here? recruited from another team. Paid no, more he got money rid of. Given he a was, he was, no, he was he was shown the door. He was jettisoned. He was jettisoned. He was shown the door. Yeah, and, it was uh, probably yeah. He was probably let go because and, of and and into the waiting arms of one Pat Riley because he's he's no. Uh, he went to big, Golden State. No, well, when he first I thought he went to the Mavericks. <laughs> when he first when he first left, he I believe he went to the Heat, Gerald. He may be with uh, another. He, he is with now. Golden State now. Mm-hmm. Is so, that what he is right now? I believe he is with Golden State because he got married to the famous golfer. I can't uh, think. It's all related to the Phil, it, it's look, the it, Phil it, Jackson. It, it's this, all the Phil Jackson overflow, man. This, this, is, this is the, because the bottom Phil line Jackson is doesn't get along with certain people. The, the, the bottom line is this. There's two things they have to do in the next few months. Get a coach with some sack and get rid of Westbrook. You can sit here and you can do pirouettes. You can do ballet. You can do all this stuff. You can talk to, again, 100 people. You can, Michelle Wee, by you the can, way. You can, get, you can get Wilt's dead corpse up yeah, and have him give you some advice. Things. It doesn't matter. If you don't get the right coach and you don't get rid of Westbrook, this offseason is a failure. I don't care who you hire. And then we still have to wait for an 82-game season to see if our stars are going to make it to the playoffs healthy. There's there's a there's a very thin, thin thing going on here. It's very thin. You have very thin things going on. All this stuff doesn't matter. Every decision is going to be wrong if any of one of those three don't go right. It doesn't matter. You could bring Jerry West back. It won't matter. Trading LeBron and, and, and you know, all that stuff. Let's be realistic here. Trading is not going to happen. These guys don't want him gone when he's going to break Kareem's record. When is when are people going? When are those people who are paid to do this going to wake up? When? When are they going to wake up and, and have some common sense? Because this is likely the kind of people that are running things. 
And believe me, I've been around a lot of. By the way, why the hell? The hell why the hell do they call her a governor? Yeah, team governor is the official representative of the franchise. Uh, governor, you know you have to be elected to be a governor. Well, same. Well, you're appointed. Team owner is case. not a good thing anymore. Same. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. I, I, I bet I know what that's about. Anyways, yes. so <laughs> tell me, tell me exactly. See, that's the stuff that they, 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 they do. They worry about. They worry about nonsense. They worry about things Titles, that, yeah. that have no bearing. You know what I put on my? You know what I put on my business card? My company name, my name, and my number. That's it. That's it. Not governor, not president, not I'm the man. I'm, yeah, but be careful what you say because someone might think you're meaning something else. This is the crap we, we, we have to listen to instead of focusing on the job, the job of winning. At least if you're doing your job and you lose, you can go to the press conference, you can go to the exit meetings and say, look, we stunk. We tried to do everything we could. Instead, you're thinking we're talking about the Rambi and 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 Phil Jackson wants to trade LeBron. We all know LeBron doesn't like Phil Jackson. That's why she brought him in. He does not like Phil Jackson. And the reason why he doesn't like Phil Jackson, he made a comment a few years back about the players' attire. He 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 was mistreating Melo. He felt Le- he was mistreating Melo. No, it wasn't about that. It, LeBron doesn't care about anyone but himself. LeBron's posse, that's what it's about, okay? The posse thing, because there was innuendo of you-know-what, right? So it was a, uh, There was a comment about the entourage, I remember. Okay, that. right. So his, he, and he, he, <laughs> he used the word posse. He used the word posse. We knew the I, know he of that. I know what so, word he used. So now I, where are we I, I referred go? to it as the entourage. I probably yeah, tried to Yeah, but let's, 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 let's be real here. Come on, G. We're, 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 we're adults here. Now, and so are our listeners. <laughs> Many of our listeners are adults. I'm just repeating well. what happened. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I've never said anything about somebody's posse. Okay. I've never. I just never have. I don't know what. Now we're a posse. Okay, you maybe want to say we're a posse. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Right, go ahead, right. go ahead, go right. ahead, Magic so, Man. Also, also you're, 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 back you're, after you're, a, you're on the floor. Yes, after a long Thanks, hiatus, y'all. is a good man indeed. He's the Madman or the Magic Man from Toronto. 
I'll say madman because he was mad enough to think that Toronto was going to go ahead and go a long way in, in the playoffs. But it is Sean Grice, but he did give me a good one on the R email. So I will give him that. Sean, great to have you back, my friend. Your thoughts on the comments? Again, for me, it was much to do about nothing personally. It just really didn't move the needle. What I think she should do with the team and what will be done with the team are going to be two vastly different things. But I'm hoping that by some miracle upon miracle, by the way she's setting it up based on these comments, that the Lakers will still get it done. But I don't hold much hope right now for that happening. I'm as pessimistic as you are, Gerald, to be to be quite honest. I didn't hear Tom's comments on what uh, Jeannie said, but uh, I could just echo what you and Joe said. I think it was I think it was some zero. I don't think it amounts to anything. Um, can I say this? Can I, I think Laker Tom? I don't want to speak for Laker Tom, but I think from his the inference I got that he was a lot more positive on Gene okay. Gus's thoughts. Is, is that that a good way to say it, Tom? I think she just addressed each of the issues with exactly what you would expect her to say, and and I thought I thought that was good. She didn't dodge any of the issues. She addressed every one of them. She addressed the clutch situation. She addressed LeBron's situation. She addressed the extension. She addressed the disappointment putting pressure on Palenka and, and uh, you know, you just got to remember, this is the girl that fired her brother. So, you know, if, if the Lakers have yeah, another year stunk. like this one, I would have you'll, get your, you'll get part of your wish that, that Palenka will be gone and, and, and whoever's the coach will probably be gone already too, just that soon. So, so in the, in the long run, Gerald, I think, uh, I think I agree with, uh, with a lot of what Joe had to say there. I, I do agree that, you know, when LeBron signed with us, it was a, it was very like Joe said. It's very transactional. Like it, it, very little emotion with LeBron. You know, he was moving his family to California, Los Angeles. He's got a lot of fingers and a lot of different pies. So it was just a natural move. Um, it just so happened we had the cap space, and you know the situation wasn't dire because Magic was waiting at the front door and whatever people think about Magic Johnson from his Twitter profile, the man is just a basketball savant. He could talk circles around most people when it comes to the game. And that's, that's why LeBron listened to him. And Joe also said that moving forward, what Jeannie said amounts to very little in the way of, you know, drawing empathy or understanding from fans. I mean, the, the, the fans aren't going to care. They're not going to care about her gripes and her, and her, and her complaints. They just care about wins and losses. That's it. That's it. That's it. And when it comes down, down to it, I got to be honest with you, Gerald, when we were 10 and 11 and Russell Westbrook came out with a quote and the reporter asked him, you know, how do you feel being a Laker coming back home? And he said, oh, yeah, being around my family is great. Didn't mention the Lakers, didn't mention the organization. And I just, to me, that was the canary in the mine. It was almost like, okay, they're trying to figure things out. And I think at the beginning, when they all came together, they all thought it would work. And they all wanted to give it a chance. But as soon as Russ saw, and if they saw it early that it wasn't going to work, does anybody not think Russell Westbrook saw it too? I think he did. I, so the, the Russell Westbrook thing is it, I, it. It's become beyond that now. It's it's we. It was a bad fit 
because Russell Westbrook doesn't respect anything. He doesn't respect the coach. He doesn't respect the team. And then LeBron and AD are kind of like buddy buddies. And they've, they've kind of stood away because Westbrook's very demonstrative. He's very defensive. He's, he can be intimidating if you're, you know, don't have enough, you know, what, cojones. And then, of course, you have Frank Vogel and you have Rob Palenka. And even before, before we won a title, before losing out last year when AD got hurt and this year, there's things I always pay attention to when it comes to someone's personality. When there's an aura of fakeness, which Rob Palenka has and Frank Frank Vogel has, it always kind of sets a precedent. It, it always makes sense down the road. When things kind of get hard, when you're a fake, you get exposed even more. That's why you love Phil Jackson. That's why you love Pat Riley. That's why you love Jerry West. And to some degree, Greg Popovich. And the reason why my disdain for Popovich is because every time the Lakers got something up on me, they always whine about it. That's the main why I, I, he's irritated me. But he's an honest guy. He'll tell you what's up. So when you're when you're fake, when you're a fake, and this goes for not just basketball in life, when you're a fake, at some point you're gonna get exposed. And right now, when things are hitting rock bottom, you're getting exposed for what you are. You are fake. You didn't you you can't deal with the pressure. You can't deal with whatever because you've been faking it the whole time. And then now it's like, sorry, you know. Now, are you going to fire this guy? Are you going to fire that guy? When does it end? When does it, when does it end? But in the end, again, it's about the talent on the, on the floor. That's the beautiful thing about sports. You can have turmoil in the front office. You can have turmoil with the fans. You can have turmoil in the media. It doesn't matter as long as there's a performance that's working on the court. Unfortunately, we put in the worst player on this team. And some of us supported it because – the track record said that LeBron can play with anyone. This is yep. the first time in 19 years he was not able to play with this guy. And don't tell me about the injuries. Everybody keeps mentioning the injuries. They played more games this year than they did last year. They went 42 and 30 last year and were, in num- were the number one defense in the league. This guy disintegrated this team's chemistry completely, got Frank Vogel fired, now – Palinka's probably a year away from getting fired. And then who do you bring in? Who? I don't know. Who's talented out there that's an executive? I think it's the hardest job in the NBA next to the next to the coach is to fire is to hire a competent executive that can actually general manage or be a player personnel. It's the hardest thing in the NBA. It's just there's no you're only you're only as good as your talent on the floor, and it's extremely hard to get talent in the NBA. You have to either get the lottery pick or you got to get a LeBron or an AD in a trade that's been forced or you run into a situation like New Orleans where your star is injured and then there's turmoil there because he can't get healthy, you know, even though it's almost mimicking exactly what happened to Joel Embiid. And that's what we do as a society. That's what we do. We're we're a weak-minded just society. We don't. Zion Williamson had never done anything wrong. He's injured. What do you want him to do? Well, he's fat. Well, his ankle is injured. How the hell is he going to work out? You know, well, stop eating gumbo. Okay. Well, but they're okay. Let me just say this before. Well, hold on. Let me just say this before I turn it over to Sean. His weight, his size is 
because of the fact he push, uses so much torque when he goes and it, it does his moves well not maybe cause and effect on re- reasons why his size his weight may be the cause for these continual problems so with that in mind new orleans now has to figure out should we go ahead and invest five years 200 some odd million dollars on him and go ahead on extension on that knowing that these can be continual problems down the road you have sean uh, well i they might be forced against the wall but sean I want to make sure uh, – I'm sorry I keep on muting on you because we're just bouncing off your mic. But please go ahead and share your thoughts on this, and I'll get back to later on. Yeah, sure, Ger- Gerald. And, uh, yeah, just to come on, 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 on what you and Joe were saying, I mean, to me, the, the problem isn't necessarily the weight. It's the girth. And I, I'm not trying to be uh, um, a smartass here, but the, there is a difference. And – you know, some people just have weight problems. I mean, Oliver Miller was a very good basketball player. He just had a weight problem. He was just well over 300 pounds for most of his career. But he could well, still play. Well, the explosive play. game that Zion has, it's it's not it's conducive not, to the size he is, the girth that you're saying. Yeah, exactly, Gerald. The, the, the amount of pressure that you need to – that he needs to apply to put the ball on the floor, it's just not – it's just not meant to be that way. Um, Sean Kemp. Uh, was probably the most explosive athlete I've ever seen live in his prime. I didn't see Michael Jordan in his prime, but uh, I saw Sean Kemp in 1995, and and his power and speed um, for his size was incredible. It was only when he got a little fat in Cleveland that his game sort of diminished. He could still play, but he wasn't the same force. Um Going back to to our situation, um, nepotism really runs hard here, and it's hard to ignore. Whether it's Jeannie and the Bus family, whether it's now Clutch, because now Clutch is involved, and and they've become a vestigial uh, of the Bus nepotism here. And it just seems like what Joe was saying is that Unless they find the right mind to come in and fix the issues, that's what's really needed here. Look, one thing we know about our organization is they can find that diamond in the rough. They found Alex Caruso. They found Austin Reeves. They'll find guys. They always do. The Joey and Jesse. They find guys. The defenders develop them and they can come up and make a contribution. Now let's hope we keep Austin and Reeves and we don't make the same mistake with we did with Alex. The problem I see with this team is it's between the fourth fourth guy and the eighth guy. You need to find guys in between that are role players that you can find between, you know, 10 and 17 million for 3 or 4 years and contribute. Um Gerald, you were asking uh, last week for uh, uh, some under-the-radar players that the Lake, uh, Lakers may want to reach out to. Uh, Charlotte's got a couple of them. Uh, if I was an NBA GM right now, I would uh, sign two restricted free agents with the Charlotte Hornets. I'd sign Bridges to the max as much as I could and force Michael Jordan to match that. And I'd also sign uh, Cody Martin. Cody Martin is a really up-and-coming 3-and-D player, 
And uh, that's somebody who an organization needs to look at and bring in. Guys like that. Well, again, if he's anything like his brother and how well he's developing, and you see him making a contribution to the playoffs, that could be something deep. But Laker, Tom, let's get back to you to, for, to close out this part of the, the conversation with Jeannie Buss. Again, her comments. Again, you were very supportive and thought basically it is what it is when it comes to what she 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 explained. But if you know, for Lakers fans out there that actually got a chance to read the article in detail and read the interview. Does it provide some hope for Lakers fans down the road that they can actually write the ship sooner rather than later? I think the single biggest thing that jumps out at me as to why I'm very optimistic that the Lakers will be able to solve the problems this summer. And I think Sean hit it right on the nose because basically once you get by, once you get past LeBron and AD, it's that next group of players, the next four or five players in there that are, there's where we don't match up with anybody because we expected THT and none to be those guys that were paid a little more than everybody else. Well, they bombed completely. None never played THT regressed. And then Westbrook was the one you expected to also be in that group of people. So it was a total failure. And what's really odd is if you look back at who else we were looking at signing last summer, before we blew our wad on Westbrook, they were all people that we, that a bunch of them were looking at this summer. They were the logical people. So we made a huge mistake. You know, I mean, LeBron and AD started it and Rob fell into it. And everybody thought it's got to work. Nobody, LeBron can play with anybody. Westbrook is saying all the right things. You know, I've always been a Russell fan and I jumped on board the bandwagon, even though. I've been screaming for Woody or for for uh, for Buddy Heald since I don't know when. But the thing I think is important is that getting the right players is really always the key, and it is an art. It is not a science. A lot of the time we get the right players, but a lot of the time we didn't. I mean, how do you explain? Drummond, how do you explain Andre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan? How do you explain the fascination that that Vogel had with certain players and so forth? So nobody gets it right all of the time. Jerry West didn't get it right all of the time, you know. And and Palinka basically, I think, I think that I I'm in the same place. If you take away the histrionics of the fan. And as I've gotten older, I've become less histrionic, you know. I can understand everything that Jeannie is saying. She's saying, basically, listen, I trust Rob. He's a smart guy. He should be able to figure this out. Just get the guys that you got would have gotten last year that you didn't screw up this year and take some lessons that, hey, better get a better price if the guy's got injuries. You better, you better consider that as one of the factors. But we need four or five guys who can really play who are guys that, like Sean said, 10 to $17 million guys. And we got a chance to get those because we can get two of them for Russ. We may have to throw in a draft pick. We can get one of them for Taylor Horton Tucker and none. Well, we'll probably have to throw in a draft pick. And we get one of them by hard capping the team and going to the full MLE and the BAE will be the fourth guy. And so it's doable. It's doable to go out there and make those four moves, bring four or five guys in, take all of the guys that we had from last year that were any good 
Reeves and, and, and all of those guys and just slide them down to the bench. They're the reserves now. They're not the guys who are, are part of the eight-man rotation, you know. Instead, you really focus on developing that. And, and we have lots of good opportunities and situations. We'll have to be lucky, and, and a lot of it will depend upon what happens with the teams, especially Charlotte and, and the Pacers. Those are the two teams that really have a couple of players that we could use. If we could get, if we could get Gordon and, and uh, Rozier, for example, or, or Brogdon and Heald, that's, that's a start for that. And then, then you just work on the next one. You know, I like Hartenstein, the guy from the, I would pay the full max to him in order to get him. Uh, he's a guy that could really, I like uh, Claxton, the kid from the Nets is really good. Um, you could offer, there's several guys that you could offer the full $10.2 million MLE and then we could hard cap. Guys that, you know, Bruce Brown, for example, 10.2 million might score him. There's really good players that we get out there, and we only need three or four of them. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James to stay healthy, man. Well, I agree. I agree with you on Hartenstein. I took a closer look at Hartenstein. His numbers, his numbers for about a defense, four or five. Man, his defense is great. Four or five million dollars. I could see paying paying Claxton. Good defender, shot blocker, but terrible at the free throw line. You saw him yeah, in the but playoffs. He, but Claxton also is a guy that you he can defend all the way out to the three point line, and you could probably get him for the BAE. You could get him for the BAE. You can't play him in the clutch time because he can't make free throws. Well, you don't need to play him in the clutch time, but he's a guy you can put in. He wouldn't be, if you get a, if you get Hartenstein, the front court starting front court is going to be LeBron, AD, and Hartenstein. But I do want to hear everyone's thoughts out there in the comments on Facebook or YouTube. Special shout out to our YouTube audience. Special shout out to Felix, who's here as well. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. We know Dallas has beaten Phoenix, so we'll give everybody an update on the NBA playoffs before we head on out. But, Joe, you're up right now because the latest coaching candidate, come on down. You're the next contestant on. The price for the Lakers is wrong. But, yes, it is coming right now. The The latest rumors to be had is that Golden State assistant coach and former Brooklyn Nets coach, Kenny Atkinson, who wore out his welcome with Kyrie and Kevin, which is – even though he was a co- good coach that took a overachieving team to the playoffs, which actually took them farther in the playoffs and won more games in the playoffs than this current Brooklyn Nets team. So I'll just leave it at that. But your thoughts on Kenny Atkinson as the latest contender for the coaching position? Well, it sounds like Kenny Atkinson might have been one of those coaches who held Kevin and Kyrie accountable. And then they had to fire him and get Steve Nash and insult him day one by saying, well, we don't really need a coach. 
No, you, you do need a coach, you buffoon. That's why you got your ass swept, okay? You need a coach in the NBA to tell you what to do. You, you, you guys aren't Bill Russell in 1967, 68, and 69, okay? So, you know, plus half the time you weren't even there. And it, 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 is, is Atkinson going to hold AD and LeBron accountable in practice when they screw up? What, those guys don't screw up? They're human beings, they screw up, and sometimes you got to lay a hammer down, right? No. Not likely they're going to hire him. I think they're just kind of buying their time. They're interviewing this guy, kind of getting a feel for here, getting a feel for there. I I don't, I don't know I don't know who they're going to go with. I have absolutely no idea. Everyone's scared that Doc Rivers is going to come in here. I don't know why they're worried about that. I think they're just, again, back to the whole – brain activity for people why would doc go to the lakers why he's already got a job so and they didn't lose because of doc rivers they lost because james harden is a clown <laughs> so he james has harden, james harden you know james harden has no ability to be meaningful when it matters he's too busy thinking about extracurricular activities joel Embiid puts in the work Talks a little too much. If he stopped talking about how great he is, he'd probably win an MVP. So it's just not it, this. This this NBA is full of babies and entitled a holes. It's everywhere, and you just have to deal with it. There's a very few, very few are respectable that that you can say these guys are kind of adults. You got Giannis. You got guys like. Jimmy Butler, I know there's been some scuffs and this and that, but that that those kind of things are more about what I like, which is holding people accountable. And when you're living in a prima donna era in league, you, you I'm not going to argue with Butler because he turns it up in the playoffs. He's one of those few players that actually turns it way up in the playoffs, and we're yeah. seeing and that look, right and look now. What, look what's going on. So yeah. um, the last I checked, Dallas was whooping Phoenix, right? Game seven coming up. Right yep, now, it's, yep. it's 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 yep. they're up by twenty with ten minutes left. Yep. So Phoenix is starting to come down, and it's not looking good. If Phoenix loses, are you all going to be sitting on top of your houses and saying Monty, Monty, Monty again? I keep telling you guys, you keep making this mistake. Monty Williams is the greatest coach that ever lived. Ty Lue is the greatest coach that ever lived. Everybody keeps yapping about these coaches. In the end. It's about the players, man. In the NBA, it's about the players. The coach matters in, in terms of scheme, but they have to execute it, and they have to stay healthy. And the back and forth on whether Aiton should be given the max, you're, you're getting an idea why there's a question there. So we're going to witness in, in 2019 – Toronto won a, won a championship because half the Golden State Warriors got injured when it mattered, right? That, that, that's what happened. Otherwise, they would have won. This year is really the first year in a long time where no one knows anything right now of who's going to win it. And that hasn't happened in a, in a long time. That hasn't happened in a long time. So you, you, you might see something different this year. You might see Dallas versus Miami again for the third time, but 
there was no one. Well, I know Miami was a one seed, but people were assuming Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn will take them out eventually. But I wasn't anticipating Miami, Dallas in the finals, possibly at the beginning of the year, heck, even at the all-star game. So I just need Boston to be out. And it, it does make me sad because I do like Tatum. I do like Smart. I do like Horford. These are ri- ridiculously likable players. I like those guys. I really have a lot. Yudoka has just, I like what he's done. But they, they're wearing that jersey, and that jersey has 17 titles. We can't have them get 18. It's as simple as that. They were wearing any other jersey. I would have been fine cheering for them to go all the way. Once those guys bow out, I'm going to relax. I'm going to basically sit back and go, okay, I'm going to enjoy the, the game. Like I did yesterday, by the way, that Milwaukee Celtic ending was, wow, I was eating sushi by myself at a restaurant, my favorite sushi place. And I, I, was, in, I, I was talking to people, and I don't, know, I don't know why yesterday, people, everyone wanted to talk to me there for some reason. I, I have no idea why. Usually I'm, people leave me alone. But, you know, I'm sitting there, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, going back and forth while I'm eating and and, and and talking and just watch probably the best game of the playoffs, in my opinion. It was a good game indeed. But, yes, Kenny Atkinson is the latest coaching interview for the Los Angeles Lakers. Sean, a long-winded. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no worries. <laughs> but, Sean, before we head to finally an NBA playoffs update in full, your thoughts on Kenny Atkinson. And Laker Tommy, you want to chime in as well on Kenny Atkinson. Uh, solid coach. I have no problems with it, but again, is he the answer for what the Lakers need? Probably not, but he's he's got a really strong offensive mind. He's very creative. It would be almost be a polar opposite of what Vogel was. And uh, going back to what uh, what Joe had mentioned, it wasn't really KD and Kyrie that got Kenny Atkinson fired. It was DeAndre Jordan. Kenny Atkinson didn't want to play DeAndre Jordan. Kenny Atkinson told KD and Kyrie that we're going to play Jared Allen. Jared Allen is a better defender. We're, our numbers are better with Jared Allen on the floor, and we we have a better chance of winning. And they both went to Sean Marks and tattled on Kenny, and that was the end of Kenny. And that was Kenny at the got, end of Jared Allen, too. And look what yeah, happened there. I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's he's right worse. on that, yes. That's even worse. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and, and the, the story goes that Kenny was actually willing to play DeAndre a little bit. Not what he wanted, but a little bit. But DeAndre just whined and whined and whined to Kevin Durant. And I guess Kevin, like Joe said, for some reason, I'm a millennial. A lot of millennials are really passive aggressive. Uh, it's not going to that. I don't want to go into well, that. You know, I, Good I, job, I, I, my friend. Thank you for saying that, Sean. You're I'm the man. Of, I can't wait for the I'm comments of, now. I'm of the, that generation, so I, I can speak on this. Tough I, love. I don't come from that. My dad was an Irish immigrant. When I was 12 years old, I went up to him and I said, Dad, I, I want a bike. <laughs> He laughed at me and he said, Shawnee, if you want a bike, go out and get a job. So I went down to the A&P. I applied for a job. I was the youngest 13-year-old who had a job. I had a job before anybody else in high school. 
So I come from from a line of of hard workers, and I am a millennial, and I can speak on this. And to me, that's the problem with LeBron. LeBron and Sean are the same age. I was born December 19, 1984. LeBron Ramon James is born December 30th, 1984. He's passive aggressive. He's got to stop this nonsense and just move forward. You know, if if you That's don't serious. want to, if you don't want to sign a long term deal because you want to play it year by year and year and, by and year. And yeah, that's what I, that's what I'll ask you. Okay, we'll go ahead and lead to the question before we go to NBA playoffs. Do you think he'll sign the the extension in August? Yes or no? I do, I do not. Okay. Depends right. on what happens in the off season, in my opinion. Well, okay, Joe. Do you think he'll answer the question? And then I'm gonna lead it to Laker Tom. And by the way, you made a new friend, Sean and Joe. So I just want to let you know. That. When yeah. you're right, you're right. But uh, yes when or no? You're right. You're right. Is this, this is not about me feeling good about what you're saying. It's right. It's true. What? What? How do you say it in Spanish? Verdad? Something like that. Yes. But yes or no? Do you think LeBron will sign the extension? <laughs> It depends on what happens in the offseason. The coach That's not selection. Yes no. I love how I say yes or no, and he just, like a true politician, just yes. in a different direction. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic. Yes. All right. Laker, Tom, you've heard the whole spiel. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd, like to, I'd like to find out what DeAndre Jordan has on all of these coaches. You know, he must have some powerful blackmail information that he's able to, he's able to demand all of this playing time when he can't even... Yeah, I mean, and it ends with every team when them finally deciding, you know, that, you know what, this guy just can't play anymore. I think now he's finally burned all the bridges. I think after this performance. No, he hasn't been with the Kings yet. He hasn't been no, with the Kings. That's true. Yet. But maybe, yeah, maybe Mike Brown will, you know, after that tremendous um, performance yesterday, we'll go ahead. Actually, and not... you know, and the thing with Kenny, the thing with Kenny. And I'm being facetious when I say that. Yeah, the thing with Kenny Atkinson, uh, that was a great story, Sean great knowledge man there's a difference in how you demand your players respect you and the demand that they play and lead by example and it, the good the good coaches regardless of their philosophy toward the game of basketball understand that every player is a separate island man and these guys make too much money that that you've got to keep them happy. So you've got to, you've got to work your way around it and you've got to be a psychologist. And, and in many ways that for the NBA's coaching fraternity, that is probably the highest rewarded skill set. That's what made Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. It's why he won 11 rings, man. He, he was able to get, he was able to get MJ and Kobe and Shaq to play like, team basketball when they basically felt like they could run the whole game themselves. Um, so, you know, I think LeBron and AD want to be coached. They want to be held responsible. I think part of Frank's problem is that Frank is not a demander. You know, he, he, he's not, I wouldn't go as far. I mean, Joe would, Joe would break. I, I, I don't mean this as an insult, Joe, but I think you would love a disciplinarian who would really, just, you know, crank the thing down and say, you know, you don't play the way I want you to play. You don't play. And you can't, you have to balance that in the NBA with a little bit of, of tact. And, and it all comes from the respect that the coach has. So I like that because I like what he did. I like the way that, that, that Nets team played. They really were a team that 
that really cared a lot about each other's game and, and, and about playing as a team. They played really well together. And I thought that's unusual because I don't know whether it's a prejudice that I against against Kyrie and, 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 and KD, but they, they don't, they, those are, those are two players that are so dominant that it's hard to integrate them into an equal opportunity offense, you know, like the Warriors, like, Though, like the way that I thought that that the Nets played, you know, they had a lot of good players on that team. It wasn't just the the superstars, you know. And so, you know, I I like Atkinson, and I feel that that you know he he would be a candidate that I would not be aghast if we ended up with, you know. And there are some candidates in there that I would be aghast if we ended up with. Well, the last question. The last we, question we'll, is we'll the broad. extension. Yeah, my answer is uh, my answer is almost the same as as. Uh, as Joe's, because I do feel that I do feel that LeBron will will wait to see exactly who's hired as a coach and and what moves the general manager makes and how the team looks. And I if he likes what he sees, he'll he'll agree to the extension. I agree with you guys on that. That's something I think we should all agree on is that he's going to take his time and wait until the last possibly you know hours. He doesn't have any other way to add pressure. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way that he can really add pressure. Exactly. And, what are what are the Lakers going to do? And Rich Paul will not allow him to not add that pressure. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with both you guys on that. Sean Grice being on the Eastern Time Zone and being late for him, he had to go ahead and check on out. Truly appreciate him stopping by once again. Great to have him back. But before we head on out, guys, NBA update real quickly. Right now, we have Dallas in control, in command in the fourth quarter, leading by 20 with forty minutes, with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it looks like they're going to go to a game seven this weekend. Very exciting. It's going to go back to the land of the sun to settle that score. We've already seen one elimination today, and that was Miami winning four games to two in Philadelphia and a very impressive win over Philadelphia and as we talked about already and kidded about already, the disappearing James Harden and a guy you think that if he were on the verge of getting a contract extension offered to him, which he is a he possibly is could. He's on the verge of that. Yeah, on the verge of that, but it's on the verge of being a lousy contract extension after the way he played with only taking one shot in the second half. I cannot believe of all the times you do a no-show, at least if they have lost close and he had done well, he could have really cornered himself in a position where he could have gotten a nice contract, fat contract extension. Now it's all up in the air as far as the future for him and what he's going to go ahead and get in, in the open market or with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll wait and see. I think he's past his prime. It was clear to see that many people also indicated that as well. So we'll see what happens there. But Philadelphia is out. Joel Embiid, who on top of that had a lousy week, not only did he get the orbital fracture, not only does he have the, the thumb that's going to need and require a surgery, not only did he lose out the MVP to Nik, uh, Nikola Jokic, he uh, just been a lousy week for him. He also got pushed. He was on the ground, on the floor, on the ground so much during the course of the series, especially tonight. Just sad to see his efforts go to waste with this team. But they've been eliminated, and Miami moves on. Very impressive performance. Last but not least, we have the two other games that are going to head up on Friday, and that's Golden State after being humiliated in Memphis. Let me ask you this, Joe. Do you think they just went ahead and just, you know, they saw that they just folded it in right away once, once they saw it wasn't going their way and just, we'll, we'll meet you in Golden State in game six. We'll just go ahead and win it there. Or do you think it's something that if Memphis is actually a lot better 
than what they thought they were. Yeah, it was the classic because their star was out. They're like, oh, these guys are probably going to be unmotivated to finish. We can just finish it off here. And then going into the second quarter, like, wait a minute. We saw how good they were without Morant during the course of the season. They were incredible. Those guys probably don't pay attention to that. They're they're, they're too into their their own things. If they knew that, if they knew that. they They don't expect the other team. They don't if, adjust for the other team. They play their game yeah. and demand that they. If if that. they knew that, and then on top of that, you had Mike Brown coaching them. Yeah, they thought Boy, they were in Sacramento. I wonder what Sacramento's thinking right now. <laughs> um, I I remember watching the 2000 finals. Lakers were up three one, and they got shellacked by thirty three, I believe it was, by Indiana in Indiana. And it's it was kind of status quo, you know. Shaq always had a, kind of had a habit of quitting. That's why he was swept six times in his career. I think it's second most or maybe tied for the most. A lot of these guys do like, eh, okay, we'll win it in Golden State. And I also remember that same year before the finals, the Lakers went up 3-1 against Portland and thought they were going to come back and win it, and get, get, um, get, uh, win it at home in game five. They end up getting shellacked in game five in LA gets shellacked in game six in Portland and then almost lost in game seven. These guys, just like I, we were talking about during the year, these guys are not playing 48 minutes a game. Their focus is in the toilet. They think, they think they can just turn it on there. There is no one in the NBA right now. I don't care if it's Giannis. I don't care if it's Harden, Joel Embiid, John Morant, doesn't matter who, Jokic doesn't matter. There isn't a single player in the NBA right now that has any ability to just turn it on. Those, those This league does not have that right now. You have very minimal guys that could do something like that. Guys like Kobe, guys like Shaq when he had Kobe, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan. Those type of guys have the ability to do that. So, Giannis? Giannis is... Giannis is on. He's one of the few guys I watch playing who just he's playing the whole time. So this yeah, we'll talk about him off, in a sec. He's not off and on. I mean, he he's just not. And yeah. he's just a really good player. He's a consistent player. He cares. He's a good person. He, teammates love him. I mean, to me, the NBA needs to really promote him. He is phenomenal in every way. And it's amazing too because the guy was picked 15, and the guys won two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and could win it a second title. That's who we should be celebrating, not talking about what LeBron's doing or what AD's doing or what Kyrie's doing. Who cares about those guys? If you want to really promote the sport and get people to really, really kind of support it instead of hating it, because gambling's really – what saves sports nowadays and this is it's being kind of supported now by all the leagues because that's kind of how things have turned out but gambling the you know covid showed you that we don't need fans at the games for them to make money yeah they may have lost a few bucks but it's the tv contracts and the gambling that will always keep the major sports relevant so as we've kind of gotten that you know mindset that's kind of how we've created everything and a lot of these guys are getting paid 30 and 40 million dollars and a lot of the marginal players 
are getting paid 20 and 25. It's no, it's no, you know, it, it makes sense why there's a lot more entitlement. It's a lot more diva in the NBA. And you're, you, it's hard to cheer for certain players, even guys that are on your own team. Well, I'll tell you what, it's very interesting to see, especially after the clutch performance last night by the entire Milwaukee Bucks team, down by 14 in the fourth quarter. They came back strong to go ahead in Boston with Giannis hitting a three with blood streaming down his face, the whole dramatic nine yards. You notice he noticed nobody stopped the game while he was doing that. He just wanted to go ahead and make sure that they had that nice shot of him th- shooting that three with the blood streaming down and See? but you know what credit drew holiday tremendous defensive plays just back to back just truly a tr- sensational defensive player that's the way to get it done maybe james harden and russell westbrook should take note but you know i tell you what that's an exciting series it's going back to milwaukee for game six with milwaukee leading three games to two before we head on out guys final predictions for the weekend Joe, when it comes to what we're seeing in Boston and Milwaukee, what we're seeing in Phoenix and Dallas, and what we're seeing in Golden State and Memphis, we already know that Miami's moved on. What are the other three teams that are going to follow him? Uh, follow th- follow that team this weekend. I'm going to pick Phoenix to close it out at home. I'm going to pick Milwaukee to close out Boston, and Golden State to close out the Grizzlies. Okay. Laker Tom, any last All thoughts? favorites, huh? Well, yeah. the Bucks are going to close out. So that one is the only one that right. you got to be um, careful of because I, Boston's defense, I, I was watching the game, you know, as, as much as I could without being interrupted. Sometimes their defense is just stout. Yeah. And it, Milwaukee just went up another <laughs> well, level, you know. You know, I, I love what I love more about that. The most thing that I thought was the greatest about that game is stupid Van Gundy just continually saying that Giannis was a dumb idiot for shooting the threes, and he's just giving it to the Celtics every time he done it. And then to have LeBron, then to have him nail two of them, including that big three when they were down six, to bring it within three, and that has shut Van Gundy up so much. That was the best part of the bold broadcast. <laughs> what about getting better as a player? One thing that, that Giannis has done, and Joe's is absolutely right, he's the best player in the NBA today because every year he's worked on his game. He has gotten better, tougher, harder, fought through disappointment, and made the advances that you get from being somebody who just continues to raise his ceiling. So they're going to be hard to beat, even without the number two guy. You know, so But the other series, it's going to be hard to beat the Warriors at home. And it's going to be hard to beat the Suns at home. That's So I have to go with both of those, even though I'll, I'll be rooting for the other team in both cases. I'm going to say this, that Milwaukee better get them tomorrow at Milwaukee because asking to win three times in Boston in a series, I don't know about that. But Milwaukee, I think, will win tomorrow. It's the difference uh, between Milwaukee. being champions and not being champions. Yes, but yeah, I mean, it I'm just saying, surprise. if it goes back to Boston for Game Seven, asking it, it Boston, wouldn't surprise asking me Milwaukee though. Win. It wouldn't surprise me. G. Boston's had chokeitis for the last few years. When you know well, they they should have gone to the finals, especially in 2020. They should have. Yeah. They were ahead in a couple of those games extensively, and they ended the up bubble. 
Yeah, which was a bummer too because I was really rooting for them to get to the finals because I knew the Lakers were going to whoop them. I just that's that's another lost opportunity for the Lakers to beat the Celtics in the finals. I I, I remember in '02 was the other one. The 2020 was was the other one, and obviously not beating them in no way. I you know they could have made up a lot of ground and in that, but we just I, we. They couldn't, they couldn't get it. They couldn't do it. <laughs> well, well, I think that Milwaukee will win at home. I also think Golden State will. I think I'm going with the favorites. Golden State, Milwaukee, and a Phoenix. I think that it's great that Dallas has done what they can with the way that they run their offense, which is so Luka-centric at times, so ISO-heavy. They run it all the way down to the shot clock, and sometimes they get in trouble because of it. But, you know, they're last in pace. But with everything aside, they do enough to win more times than not, and they've done a great job so far. But I don't think that they will go ahead and beat the Suns in Phoenix again. I also don't think that Milwaukee will lose or Golden State will lose at home. So we'll see what happens, but we'll be back on Sunday night to go Which ahead one has the best chance of the three? To go all the way? Well, which, no, which one of the three underdogs that we just decided weren't going to win do you think has the best chance of pulling an upset in game? I say Dallas. I think yeah. but Luca, Luca would have to go for 40 plus each and every time. Mm-hmm. Brunson has to give him help. Yeah. Luca goes for 40 and no one helps him. They don't win. Luca goes for 40 and Brunson, or if one of the other shooters gets hot and gets them 20 to 25, then you've got something there that could sneak by the Suns. But again, it has to be a lot. A lot has to fall in line for Dallas. Yeah. And when it comes to Boston, like you said, Joe, their defense has to be on par. And you might need another, like, out of the vintage game from Al Horford or someone out yeah. there to go you ahead. Need Tatum, you need Tatum. No, you need Tatum to beat Tatum. Tatum was – Tatum's not they've, playing like – They've been doing Tatum. a great job of defense on Tatum. And that's that's the problem is those uh, Who's arms. been doing part of it? Wes Matthews from the Lakers. He's also been hitting his threes, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. It helps when you have talent drawing yeah. th- stuff away, you know. Plus, what, shooting in Milwaukee is different than shooting in L.A. L.A. is – that's where that's where shooters come to die. <laughs> this is true. It's too this much pressure true. in LA, guys. Uh, it's very hard to shoot in LA. Yeah, ask Russell Westbrook. But I want to thank everybody for watching and listening and totally appreciate you going ahead and checking us out. If you have anybody out there that's a Lakers fan, please go ahead and let them know about what's going on with the Lakers fast break. Please go ahead and let them know that we do a great job of trying to go ahead and break everything down for you. Again, if you have comments at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. You've done a great job. Joe and I have been trying to cover a lot there as far as the great comments right there for you. Plus Facebook, you've been doing a great job there. Of course, LakersBall.com. Be part of the many topics of conversation there at LakersBall.com. And, of course, check out the awesome articles that Laker Tom has and also Jamie's G has, five things at Lakerholics.com. Once again, we will be back Sunday night to talk some more Lakers, talk more NBA playoffs, and who knows what's coming up in the not-too-distant future for the team, but they're always making news. That's a good thing because we can always go ahead and provide you good stuff right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.